Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 15th day of June. I am Paul White. Thanks for joining me as we start the fifth chapter of 1 Timothy. If you've never read the fifth chapter of 1 Timothy, uh, I would encourage you to do so. It's 25 verses long. You won't be long into it until you realize why you haven't made it a part of your daily devotional. Uh, I, I say this because once you read it, you see that it's so contextually driven to the, to the way the world was in Paul's day that it takes us really concentrating and I guess you could even say waiting on the Lord to derive out of these verses something that we can use. I, I, let me tell you why I say that. There's a couple verses at the top about the treatment of church members, whether they be older, young men or women. And then there's a fairly long stretch from verse 3 to about verse 16 of how to honor widows. And Paul takes the time to break down the difference between real widows and fake widows, something that I don't think we've ever really put a lot of thought into. And I'll get into in a second why he does that. And then he begins to speak about when a widow is too young for the church to put as much attention into her care and how she needs to be of a certain age. Then, in verse 17, he switches to honoring the elders. These are those who have been put in charge over the church. And just before the end of the chapter, uh, and maybe it wasn't the best chapter break, considering how the next chapter opens, he just throws a few little tips in, a little individual instructions, say verse 22, 23, 4, 5, all on down through there. So interesting chapter. Um, I'm not going to to dwell day after day after day on each verse. I want to break it into segments and let's talk about it through a contextual lens. Let's start from the top. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. It seems like this could be left unsaid, but we've got to re- remember that the church world of Paul's day is an infant. They're, they're young. They are the church of the book of Acts, and they are spreading out in rapid, at a rapid pace across the world, and that not just across the immediate world, say Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, but now heading out into the reaches of the Roman Empire, and those churches are flooded with ideas of their culture and their day, and this faith that they might not have called Christianity, they might have called themselves a part of the way, but they definitely would have called themselves followers of Christ. This collective followers of Christ that's making up the church is, in effect, making it up as they go. They are. They don't have roots to dig deep and fine. They're, the only roots they have are Judaism. And, and of course, Christ is the foundation stone. He's the root of the church. But I'm talking about in terms of worship, in terms of culture, in terms of understanding. Their roots are really reaching only into to Judaism. And so a lot of these practices get infiltrated by the world or the culture around them. And so what seems to be at times these almost elementary instructions and t- like 
Don't rebuke an older man. Here's how you ought to talk to him. Call him your father. If he's younger, call him a brother. If she, if it's a woman, call her a mother. If she's younger, call her a sister. We read these and think, what what's the big deal? Why why is he including this? They didn't know anything. They had no frame of reference for how to handle anything. And Paul is just laying out some basic instructions to go, hey, here's terminology, here's honor, here's respect. What we don't need to do is read these passages and feel like these are some sort of sets of guidelines by which we maintain our righteousness. Because when we do that, we've really put ourselves back under a form of the law. We've, went, we've just taken Moses' law and kicked it out because Christ has delivered us from it. And we've replaced it with, say, Paul's law, John's law, Peter's law, James's law. We've taken the things that they're instructing the church to do, and we're determining whether or not we're either A, actually saved because of it, or B, are we really a true church because of it? And I don't want to insinuate that that the instructions are worthless. I just want us to frame them in the context in which they're given. I haven't given a lot of thought in my life to whether or not I should rebuke an older man or call him father. Um, I've I've never called an older older woman mother in the faith. Um, I do call brothers and sisters, but I think that's become almost a general term in the church because they were viewed as families. We look at these things now, and I know people who are offended by the phrase brother and sister. I've called people brother and sister, and they recoiled like, oh, that's too religious. Okay, I can I can respect that. I don't mean it that way, but I can understand that. Well, they didn't have that. They didn't have that background of those things being religious or those things being formulaic. They're being introduced to a culture in which you don't rebuke the older man because you honor him. You call him father or the older woman as mother because you're part of the same family. You call the other men in the church brother and the other women in the church sister because they are your siblings in Christ. No one assumes that this is your actual dad, your actual mom, or your actual brother or sister. Because this is a contained environment. This is a church, a group of believers who are beginning to practice the idea that they are not just a bunch of strangers thrown together for a common cause, but that they are family. And so we still use those terms. Again, some people don't like them, and I understand that, and some are offended by them, and okay, and they are so religious to, to, to other people, but in the context of 1 Timothy 5, these are new terms. These are things that the early church is being introduced to. That turns the page then, because there's several different honors in this passage. It's the honoring of widows, and then it's the honoring of elders. There's even going to be the honoring of masters at the end, at the beginning of chapter 6. We'll have to get into, and it's a can of worms. I'll say it up front. There's things to, to, that we definitely have to contend with and wrestle with as we go. That leads to the honoring of widows and this interesting phrase of those who are really widows. I want to start here tomorrow, and I'm not going to just take days and days on this. There's a big chunk of Scripture, and I encourage you to read 1 Timothy 5, verses 3 to 16. We'll try to cover this thing about widows and why. Because to me, it's not even as much about what Paul says here, but why he says it. And 
the why he says it is something we can use because there's usually more going on than meets the eye. We'll get there tomorrow. I'll see you then. God bless.